Hello, and welcome to our first official Heroes Now podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Trejo, and today we're going to be wrapping up our stigma-free series on postpartum depression with the lovely Miss Joy Cullivan Lewis. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It is really an honor to be able to talk about things that I am very passionate about. Um, so I am a social worker as well as I have a certification in infant mental health and perinatal mental health. Um, so I've been working in New Orleans for a little over 20 years uh, with children and families. So I started my career in nonprofit agencies um, and with the state, really focusing on younger children under six. Uh, so in doing that work, it really showed me that there was a lack of services for mothers and really concern about what they were going through. We were thinking a lot about the children, but not in the, the, the dyad between the mother and the child or the caregiver and the child, but not as much about the mothers. So in the past few years, I did some other work in private practice and via some work that I've done of Tulane University with um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, which is what postpartum depression is under. Okay. So um, to get to it, Joey, for a person that's listening to us and that actually has no idea what postpartum depression is, what is postpartum depression and how is it different from the baby blues? Very good question. So the first two weeks, two to three weeks after pregnant, after you have delivery of a baby, or if you have a miscarriage or any type of pregnancy loss, right? You have a normal fluctuation and immediate drop in your hormones. So you will have like crying and your moods will shift really quickly. Those things are typically very normal and your OB can explain a lot of that to you as well. But after those times, if you specifically are noticing that these things aren't changing um, and that you're feeling hopeless, lack of sleep, unable to function, like anybody even get out of bed, have feelings towards your child that you don't feel like are normal or typical, um, this is a time when you need to reach out for other assistance. So postpartum depression is one aspect of it. But now we're really trying to look at what we call perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because it's not just depression, right? It's postpartum anxiety, postpartum PTSD, it's postpartum OCD, so post-traumatic stress disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, as well as people can have um, postpartum bipolar disorder and postpartum psychosis, which is the most serious. That's really good to know that there are actually a list of things that fall under the postpartum umbrella. A list of disorders, you know, not just depression, like I know I believe. So, Joy, for somebody who's listening and who feels like they may be experiencing some type of perinatal mood disorder, what should they do? So, a lot of times you'll even, you may even notice symptoms during your pregnancy, right? So, one of the things is to consider is to even be preventative. If you know you meet a lot of the risk factors, which I know we're going to go over, or you notice a change in yourself during pregnancy, talk to your OB, talk to your midwife, talk to your doula, and see if being doing more preventative measures during your pregnancy would be helpful. So seeking out a therapist, getting a support network around you, having um, doula services, all those things can be beneficial 
and preventative to you during pregnancy. And I ask you, is there anything that um, increases a woman's chances of developing a disorder? Let's talk about risk factors because I think a lot of people really assume that, oh, this is just my hormones, right? Mm -hmm. And they think it's really just our hormonal imbalance. Right. That is one component of it, but the risk factors are numerous. I even brought the whole page awesome. to show you. Yes, yes. So it's a previous history or even family history of a mood disorder. So if you know that you've suffered from depression, anxiety, PTSD, all these other things in the past or have family members that have, mm -hmm. that's one of the risk factors, right? Okay. Um, any type of previous pregnancy loss, so miscarriage, stillbirth, abortions, any of those things are considered some type of pregnancy loss. Um, a history of trauma, if your birth plan didn't go as you wanted to or you had a really traumatic birth, mm -hmm. a history of infertility or some type of fertility issues, diabetes, thyroid problems, um, perceived lack of support. If you feel like you don't have the support that you need, that's one of the biggest factors. And I feel like during this month, I interviewed a couple of women and they shared their story about postpartum depression. I feel like the most re reoccurring factor was stigma because mm -hmm. all of these things might be on the table. This all may be factors as we're talking about them. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't voice how we feel, because we feel so guilty. I know for me, I went through postpartum depression when I had my first child and it, I looked at the baby. I was breastfeeding the baby. She was, I was crying, looking at her and it was like, I feel so guilty. You know how many women wish they could have a baby and I'm over here like being ungrateful. Right. So, so you don't, we minimize our, own we minimize mm -hmm. our experiences because we feel, we feel guilty. And at the end of the day, end up not saying anything, dealing with the pain. And actually, it, there's a better care you could offer your child and yourself. But by staying quiet, you limit, your, I guess, your possibilities of recovery. Yeah, I'm so glad you said it that way because yeah. I feel, you know, I think people come in with these high expectations of what pregnancy and delivery and bringing the baby home is going to be like. You know, we're told by media and everything else it's going to be I call it rainbows and unicorns, exactly. right? That it's exactly. going to be all these lovely things. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to bring your baby home and it's just going to be perfect. And in reality, that's typically not how it goes. You're really sleep deprived. Most women struggle with even um, breastfeeding and trying to figure out how to do it if that is the choice that they make. Here, here. And, or they feel guilt if they do, if they feel guilt if they don't. And really the reality is one in five women suffer from some type of perinatal mood and anxiety disorder one in five so for any of you listening that means that if you have five friends five friends that just had a baby one of them is experienced some type mm -hmm. of mood disorder at least 20% of the population and and that's just the people that we report that report it yeah just like you said there's so many people that don't report it and three years later are going oh wow that's what I went through exactly. now that they're hearing it Exactly. Um, so this is where we really rely a lot on who are you going to see during your pregnancy and after your OB, right? Or your midwife or your doula. And for them to do appropriate screenings that are evidence-based to figure out, hey, look, we know that you need some more support. Let's figure out how we're going to get that for you. But also the main idea, I guess, here would be speaking out 
talking about it, normalizing the conversation, because I feel like, I don't know, for me, it really just started in me saying, I'm not comfortable or I'm not happy with this, or even admitting that you need help. Because sometimes you're like so attached to the baby. That was another thing. I wouldn't even want to leave it with my mom or my right. husband. Because so, I was um, like, oh my God, what is going to happen to the baby? Right. Like Nobody knows how to take care of him except me. Exactly. Or is it like, am I going to run out of milk? And then the milk production. So there's just so many things that are coming together into one equation. And you're experiencing this moment for the first time in your life. Like you don't, you're not supposed to know how to act. You've never gone through it. Allow yourself to fail in order to succeed. But we don't see it like that. So I guess you've been in the field. What are the uh, top, I guess we can say five things that you would advise women um, to do before and after? So just like we were talking about having the support even during your pregnancy, really thinking about what I call a postpartum plan. Um, I typically do this with all my clients during pregnancy towards the end where we get their support systems involved. So if their partners are there or other family, having them come to sessions with them and doing a very specific plan where we go through, how are you going to eat? Who's going to feed the baby? Who's going to stay up in the middle of the night with you? What supports can you call? Because when you're sleep deprived and you're in the midst of it, you can't think of who your supports are going to be. But if we have them laid out right there for you and you go over this with your partner or whoever's going to be there with you, then they can make sure that we have those things in place for you. Um, and like we said, be, having that support, you know, if it's um, making sure that you have are doing all these things for yourself during pregnancy, like if it's prenatal yoga or um, working out, it's also very important. Out, yeah. right? Even if yeah. and if you have, you know, you're prone to it and are already having issues with anxiety and depression. Getting a consult if you feel like medication would be appropriate. Right. For you because there That's is another thing. Medications that you can take during pregnancy mm -hmm. and when you're breastfeeding that are that still have minimal impact on the baby. And I feel like there's a huge amount of stigma when you take medication when you're not pregnant. And it kind of doubles when you do and you're expecting. Like it just raises the bar to a whole nother level. And it's really sad because it can really help out a person who's struggling and both the mother and the baby would benefit from it so yeah you know the care we know the baby's going to get cared of because that's what the mom's mm -hmm. going to do but then there's this whole village of people who are going to be around the mom and taking care of her exactly. so making sure you um you know and a lot of people that i see often come into for therapy feel like they don't have the support oh i mm -hmm. can't ask this one mm -hmm. i can't burden them they have their own children But let's see what they say. You don't know unless you ask. You know, so I think exactly. that we, we often have a hard time asking for help because just like you said, we feel like, oh, we're women. We should just automatically know how to mm -hmm. do this. And we don't. We don't. Let me tell you. The, uh, one thing that has allowed me to be open about my story and also reach so many women that have gone through it and, and are opening up about it. It's cathartic, you know, you get to reflect upon it. You survive, the child survived, but you know it took you to take care of yourself to be able to get to where you are today. If I didn't take care of myself, I don't know where my baby would be. And even like with patience, having more, more patience, being more understanding, When the baby's crying, because there's another factor here. When the child, uh, when the ch when the child has acid reflux, or maybe come like 
even if he's sick, like that makes things double or 10 times harder. So this journey, even though, like you said, according to the media, there's supposed to be one guideline of how everything flows, each and every single experience, it's so, so different. And we deal it so differently. So I guess what we want to say here in the most important thing for me that people take away is that they realize that they're not alone, that they have resources and definitely it can get better as soon as you ask for help. That is one of the great things about perinatal mood anxiety disorders is with the appropriate treatment, the appropriate support, it can get better. It is not going to be forever. Exactly. And I, I think that's what's so hard is often people that don't get treatment will still be suffering a year and a half, three years later without making sure that they've done all these things for themselves. Exactly. And knowing who you are, because you're a different person now, right? Mm -hmm. As as a mom and as a parent, as a caregiver, you're not the same person you were before. So helping figure that out for you and and figuring out the support that you need doing that. Awesome, awesome. And also giving yourself, I feel like, time to find out who that is. Because you don't know. You have to live through it in order to be able to reflect back. I think just like you said, talking to other people, talking to your friends, reaching out to people, like I said, starting with your OB. Um, There's, you know, I think they're learning, OBGYNs don't always know everything, of course, but they're they're reaching out and trying to learn a lot more Mm -hmm. about what this means for women and families as well, Mm -hmm. um, because it does affect, you know, the partners as well. Um, So reaching out to them and say, hey, look, I know something's not right. You know, there's a lot of even um, pregnancy groups now that they do, like Oxner has one called Centering Pregnancy, where you go and do your appointments as a group. Mm-hmm. And so you're with this group throughout your pregnancy. You learn about different topics. So it's a way that you can build your community within yourself. Exactly. Right? Um, and then, like I said, are getting doula support. You know, we have a, some wonderful, great doulas in the city. And they're working really hard to have it be something that is billable via insurance. But right now, you know, most of them are out of pocket or you can look for sliding fee scales or grants to, to cover doula services. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But having that extra support and that person that can be with you during your pregnancy, with you in delivery, with you for a little bit at your home after, that's really important to have that extra support. All right, folks, that's going to be us for today. And there you have it. I want to first thank Joy so, so much for believing in my idea and coming here and meeting with me. This wouldn't have happened without you. Also, want to thank you guys, the ones who are listening to us right now, talk about postpartum depression. Such an important topic that is going on right now in our country and that is growing at an alarming rate. It deserves attention, it deserves to get acknowledged. Um, I'm going to be adding the links and information of where you can go looking for help if you feel like you may be experiencing some sort of prenatal mood disorder. And please remember, you are not alone. It won't last forever, and there is help out there. You just have to ask for it. All right, I'm your host, Rebecca Trejo. Hear us next time.